0: Wow, back again for another episode, for real this time. What do I mean by that? Well, without wasting time, do I have a story for you. Last week, the three of us, myself, Andrew Stewitz, and my co-hosts, Chris Lazar. Wow, could I have butchered that anymore? Chris <laughs> Lazar. Decide
1: whether you wanted to go Chris or Christian. I, I get it.
0: I get it. But you know what? Maybe I'll just go with Chris all the way through. Chris works. Chris Lazar. Yanni Economopoulos. Here we are, recording a podcast last week, and everything sounded great. Until everything didn't sound great. Long story short, an unusable podcast episode turned into a one-week buffer between episodes, but it almost is kind of a blessing because there's not a whole lot happening in the world of hockey, and we don't want to bore our listeners with just a bunch of baseball talk. Not that baseball is boring right now. In fact, baseball's pretty exciting. Cincinnati Reds are on an eleven game win streak. The Atlanta Braves are on an eight game win streak. Guess what two teams play each other this weekend, boys?
1: I'm gonna go out on a limb and say the Braves and the Reds.
0: Bleh, 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 bleh. Don't you have a sound effect for that? I do somewhere hidden in my book of tricks. Um We'll find it, and maybe we'll I'll just bust class. it out yeah. in the. Oh, wait, maybe it's.
2: This is giving Tim
0: and Sid vibes. There we go. Wow, that was really loud. That was shout loud. out to headphone listeners. <laughs> um, yeah, here we are back, episode three. Um, you know, technically, or two, yeah. or two it depends on you kind of want to word week it. Week three,
1: episode uh, two. Yeah,
0: week three, episode two. Um, and let's stay on the topic of baseball, uh, gentlemen the blue jays are coming off a series with the Miami Marlins where they took two of three um, but the first game was super ugly um an 11 nothing loss is never uh something you want to you get over there
2: all good. Okay,
0: great. Uh, no, an 11 nothing loss is not something you uh, want to start off a series with, but they bounced back nicely. Uh, 2 nothing win on Tuesday, 6-3 yesterday. Um, this after uh, a not-so-great series against the Rangers, and then this after a not-so-great series against the Orioles. Hmm. I'm starting to notice a trend here. Um, what do we expect out of a weekend series at home – Against the Oakland Athletics. Two of three. One of three. A sweep. I mean, did Oakland win today?
2: Uh, they were down No, they one were, were down 5-1 in the eighth. Oh, uh, 5-1. Okay. Yeah. So
1: that means they've lost, I think, eight in a row now. After,
2: winning, after like, winning seven in a row. Seven in a row. Yeah. Which we talked about last week.
0: But. <laughs> but. Yeah. yeah, they lost 6-1 today. Yeah.
1: Shout out to Tenennial College.
0: Oh, yeah, that was Thanks brutal. for that. Yeah. We're gonna call just uh, <laughs> big, big shouts to the uh, ghosts of Centennial College. Yeah,
1: it's not anyone's fault in particular. It's just things happen. Apparently, things when,
0: happen when you're here. But now we're back, yep. and we're talking Blue Jays. So, what are our expectations, guys? Um, it's hard to say
1: because <laughs> I don't. I like I don't know how to evaluate this team. Like I think they're good. And sometimes they're good, but
0: then sometimes they're really bad. So, if I may interrupt, I have a way to describe this team. Go on. May I? Go on.
1: <clears throat> sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. <laughs> <laughs> that pretty much, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if you had to pick one team in baseball <laughs> to describe <laughs> with that sound, it's probably the Bluebirds. Um Yeah, I mean, like, they did some good things um, the last couple games. I would like to see them score a few more runs on, what was it now, Tuesday? Wednesday they scored six, but it's a little skewed because they scored five in an inning and then they did nothing virtually the rest of the game. Right. But there are some encouraging things that happened. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi was outstanding, but also the Marlins can't hit. So there is that. Marlins used all of their runs on Monday scoring 11 uh but yeah I mean Matt Chapman looks like he's finally hitting the ball again which was nice I think he went two for five or three for five or something like that with a double and a homer yeah so you know it's good that he's no longer the worst hitter in all of baseball (laughs) which I mean like I don't think anyone was expecting him to be as good as he was in April that was like a career best he's ever done uh and he's obviously not as bad as he's been the last 6 weeks or so. So, it's good to see that he's turning the corner and they're going to need it. Uh Brandon Bell coming back, you know. Who would, who would have thought Brandon Bell would be such an important piece of the uh of the lineup. But yeah, I mean, everyone apparently fired the manager on Tuesday and they're 2 and 0 since they fired John Schneider even though he's still there. Uh so, like I I don't know, man. It's You're facing the Oakland A's, so you better win. Like, you better win two out of three. Problem is, The
0: problem is that regardless of how this weekend goes, let's say they get swept by the Oakland A's. No. They're not going to fire John Schneider.
1: No, because they just fired a guy a year ago and gave this guy an
0: extension. So here's a hypothetical, and I'm not sure if we discussed this last week or not, but you have at it. Would you rather John Schneider or Charlie Montoya?
2: I think they're pretty similar. Can I pick neither? It's the same issue as last year.
1: Okay, and we did we did kind of talk about this, but nobody heard it, so I'm going to say it again. I don't think John Schneider's the problem, because when you have had two managers, and the issues remain the same, you look at the roster. It's like if in hockey, right? You look at a you know, team fires a coach, and then they look the exact same for the next calendar year or so. Was it really the coach? You know, probably not. So I think that this is on a on a grander scale. It's not really about Schneider. It doesn't really matter who's making the decisions. And if you fire Schneider, who are you going to hire? Don Mattingly, who gives him input on every decision anyway. So, like, you're just going to get more of the same, honestly. And when it comes to the lineup decisions and things like that, I would not be surprised if John Schneider has little to no input on those things. I'm fairly confident in saying that the lineup card is pretty much given to him or at least suggested, and Schneider seems like enough of a company guy to not want to ruffle feathers and generally go with what, uh, you know, he might make a couple tweaks here and there and put one guy up here and one guy down there, but for the most part, you know, like the lineup is like I don't think he necessarily puts it together. Yeah, his bullpen decisions sometimes are questionable. He's definitely made some mistakes, uh, but that's kind of what you expect out of a first-year manager. You know, like he's going to he's gonna mess up. But yeah, I mean, I don't think that having not having John Schneider would cause this team to be 15 games over 500, or you know that John Schneider's the reason they're necessarily losing games. I think they just aren't scoring runs. Like he can't go out there and score runs. You know. I think the biggest thing that this team needs to do is just execute offense when runners are in scoring position. They are one of the worst teams in baseball in scoring or in in hitting with runners in scoring position. And a lot of that is just luck, uh, just hitting into bad luck, which that's bound to change. And uh, And I'll talk a little bit about that um, later on and why I think the Jays are actually going to go on a heater here. But, yeah, I when it comes to Schneider and Montoyo, like it's, you know, Montoya was fine for a few years and then kind of ran out of gas. Schneider's just starting, so there's not really an excuse.
2: The point on runners in scoring position is not just recent, though. That's been their issue. They were 2-for-8 in Game 2 of the series with Miami. And then they improved a little bit. Um, Tuesday. With runners in in scoring position? Yeah. They were 2-for-8.
1: Okay. And what were they on Wednesday?
2: 5-for-10. They improved that one. Yeah, okay.
1: So – but this is why they're not scoring runs. Go yeah. look at their go look at their numbers over the course of the season with runners in scoring position. They're terrible.
2: They suck. Right? And we talked about that last week too. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um yeah, they're they're terrible with runners in scoring position and I don't think it's necessarily a um like an approach thing or a just being bad hitters. They're pretty good at getting runners in scoring position honestly. They don't finish. They're just terrible at scoring them, which a lot of, like I said, a lot of that is luck. Some of it is just pitchers working harder. Like, I, in my opinion, your numbers with runners in scoring position are always going to be worse than your regular numbers. Now, I don't have any facts to back that up. That's just from my baseball experience. Pitchers work harder when there's runners in scoring position. But at the same time, like, yeah, I just think a lot of it boils down to bad luck and bad sequencing and having the wrong guy up at the wrong time.
0: Well, the right guy last year, was Vlad Guerrero Jr. (laughs) And this year, um, he uh, seems to have this inability to hit a baseball uh, hard and far anymore. Um, I wouldn't go as far to say it's like mind-boggling, but it's frustrating to see a guy who he's got these flashes of brilliance where he looks like he's and could be this feared hitter that he, to me, once was, right? This season, it's just like a disappointment after disappointment. And I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing, oh, he's still figuring it out, or we got to give him more time. To When are we worried? No. When are we worried about a guy who has the potential? We've seen it. We've seen it. And now it's as though...
2: He's disappeared.
0: He, yeah. Bye.
2: Yeah. I was telling Christian yesterday, you know who he's very similar to? Who's that? Ty France of the Seattle Mariners.
0: He was like a one season wonder.
2: Yeah, but he hits he's hitting two seventy four to Vladdy's two seventy five. Vladdy has nine home runs. Ty France has six. And the RBI is forty two thirty two in favor of Vladdy. So he's more of a hit the ball. First right, but baseman. Ty
0: France, Ty France is, for me, has always been, like yes. you said, a contact guy. Yeah. Just make contact, get on base, yeah. like kind of grit your way That's to... what I'm saying.
2: Vlady has kind of, yeah. his, this season, his comparable is kind of like Ty France.
0: So what are you seeing from this season um, that last season, or that we didn't... Sorry, let's reverse that statement. What are we seeing from last season that we're not seeing this season? Do
1: either of you follow Chris Black on Twitter?
0: Chris Black? Yes, it's at
1: down to black. Okay. Uh, I suggest anyone who is a Blue Jays fan follows this account. He does these threads every once in a while when things are either going poorly or um, something that he might find interesting that he'll go on a thread and basically break down why things are happening the way they are.
0: Yes, yes, I I am. Down to black, For whatever reason, the name didn't ring a bell, but Mm -hmm. as soon as I saw the profile pic, it was like...
1: Yeah, so he's a he's a producer at Sportsnet, but in his free time he does a lot of these, these breakdowns on Twitter. And he did a really good one on Guerrero. And the issue is not that he's not trying to hit home runs. The issue is he's trying too hard to hit home runs. And because of that, uh, he's becoming disconnected. He's starting to chase the ball. He's actively trying to pull the ball. Vladdy isn't stupid. He knows he's not hitting home runs, right? The problem is that as a hitter, sometimes when you know you're not hitting home runs and you know you're supposed to, you start chasing those things, right? All of the things that we're seeing and that we're saying about Vladi of, oh, he's not pulling fly balls, he's not hitting home runs, he knows those things too. And now what he's trying to do, instead of sticking to the process and staying connected and, and just focusing on hitting the ball hard where it's pitched and just picking better pitches, he's chasing pull fly balls. And it's causing him to roll over, and so that's why you see him. And he's still hitting the ball hard. Like he's hitting the ball. If you look at his savant page, everything coming off his barrel is hit hard. The okay, problem is, but I'm
0: sick and tired, and I'm sorry, but I'm sick and tired of this whole. Ooh, he hit the ball 110 miles an hour, whatever, for a ground out. I don't care if it doesn't count for anything. I don't. Per- person, this is maybe just a right, personal no. gripe. I don't care how hard you hit the ball if you don't do anything. With that ball, no,
1: and I agree with you. I'm simply diagnosing what the issue is. I know, and well, I'm I not yell mean, at my Chris... doctor
0: too when he diagnoses me yeah. with shit. <laughs> Chris, Chris oh. is diag- Chris
1: Black is diagnosing it, um, and I'm just kind of regurgitating that. I get it. Now, again, the thing is, like, we do also have to remember, and I know it's going to sound like I'm making excuses, okay? But we do have to remember that Vladdy is still very young in his career, right? And that, like, he's, like, honestly, like, he's just trying too hard. Like, it's not that Vladdy doesn't care or he doesn't know what to do. It's that he's just as frustrated as the rest of us because he knows yeah. how good he can be, right? um Now, who is the guy the Jays love so much right now? Jays fans. who Who is everybody's MVP of the team right now on offense? Bo Bichette. Bo Bichette, right? Do you remember what happened with Bo Bichette last year?
2: Uh, what? Defensively? What? No, no, no. What? Offensively?
1: No. Bo last year was on such a cold streak going into August. He got moved down to seventh in the order for some time.
2: What? I do remember this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Don't you have a sound for that too? Oh.
0: We'll Need find more sound bites. We'll find that one. We'll get but some more sound bites.
1: He got moved down all the way to seventh in the order. Right. What did he do? He went on a six-week heater to end the season, where he basically put the team on his back. And carried them up until the playoffs where it was short lived, but we're not going to talk about that.
0: Well, he was on fire to end the season.
1: Yeah, and now, you know, he's having a great start to the season again. So before we give up on Vladdy or say he's doomed, he's finished. No, I don't think so. He's not that good, whatever we might want to say about him, right? Vladdy's having objectively a horrible season and it's still above average. So, like, when you take that into account, I don't expect him to play to hit at this level. I expect him to come out of this and start hitting the ball hard. He's not going to go the rest of his career without hitting a home run at home. That's just not going to happen, right? Who's saying that? The chances are, well, he hasn't hit a home run at home. That's why I'm saying it. This season? This season. Wow. So, like, you know, the odds of that happening are so incredibly slim. But don't again, I think face. that I think Vladdy is honestly right now just being a young kid who understands his importance to the team and trying too hard uh so you know i think eventually he's just gonna slow it down and he's gonna have a couple games and honestly he looked pretty good at the plate the last couple days and you know now you just gotta hope that he maintains that
0: well a little uh today in blue jays history nugget to shake things up today two seasons ago 2021 Guriel, this guy hit an RBI double off of which Miami Marlins reliever
1: Anthony in the top Biles. of the ninth this?
0: inning. This was today in Blue Jays history two seasons ago, <laughs> 2021. Jimmy Garcia. Correct.
1: I remember that game because Jimmy Garcia blew it. It was in Buffalo. Correct. Yep. And the Jays were down, I think, 5-3 in the ninth. Scored three runs, only got one out.
0: Um... Not to correct you. A not well to that, correct that you. That it was actually in Miami.
1: Oh, it was in Miami. Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of a different game then. But, but it was similar. off Jimmy Garcia.
0: You you nailed it. Yeah, there we go. It was a two one score final. So, there, we go. there you go.
1: A lot of people are hitting doubles off of Jimmy Garcia these days.
0: And I'll give you one more today in Blue Jay's history. Oof, wait. Yanni, what year were you born? Two thousand one. Oh. Okay. Ninety seven. Alright, you guys are fine. June twenty second 2003, which Toronto Blue Jay had three RBI, including a two-run home run, off Livan Hernandez? Levon. Levon. Yeah. Okay. That game ended 4-2 for the Jays over the Expos, but who was the Blue Jay to have three RBI in that game? Any. Guesses?
2: I don't remember that game very well. <laughs> to be honest with you, well, I'm just. Does it have something your... <laughs> to
0: do with the fact that you were two years old? I wasn't even two. You were yeah, one well. and a half years old. <laughs> it was Vernon Wells.
1: I was gonna guess Eric Kensky because he was rookie of the year that year.
0: Of course you were. It's too late now. You you missed your. Well, chance. I would have been wrong anyway. That's true. Vernon Wells. Shouts to 2003 Blue Jays. <laughs> I guess. Um, anything else on the Blue Jays front? Um.
1: I mean, Vladdy was. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to. I, I did want to talk about
0: Vladdy a little bit. Um, How many yeah. Blue Jays are up for um, All Star right now? Uh, the Too many. Entire infield. Too pretty damn much. many. Vladdy Guerrero Jr. leading for first baseman votes. Bichette only by short. only by a handful of tens of thousands.
2: Yeah, Bichette's leading for short. Chapman for third. I kind of hope KK gets in.
0: You know what I find kind of funny, Marcus the Rangers leading second baseman voting. Behind him, checks out is Whit Merrifield. He's been outstanding. It's kind of. He's been good. It's kind of silly if we were to see a tree, or you know, the infield of, let's just say, Chapman, Vladdy, Bichette, and Semyon. Just I'm, you know, let's just say, wouldn't that give? Blue Jays fans, a little bit of Chapman, PTSD? Chapman and
2: Semyon weren't teammates, right? No, 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 dude. But would
0: it not just? be... Well, they were in Oakland, actually. That's what I mean. Okay. Yeah, would it not just, just be like the w- coolest reunion? Kind of maybe bring some PTSD Semien, to Semien. Jays fans who missed out on that playoffs by a game. A game. Semyon's having an outstanding year too. Oh, oh you know what matter? just?
1: You know what just hit me? Oh no, the Jays are so fucked next year.
0: Oh no, like
1: so fucked. Who have been some of their best? hitters this season besides Boba Matt Merrifield. Chapman carried them for a month free agent Whit Merrifield free agent uh Kevin Kiermaier free agent that's Brandon Belt free agent that's half their starting lineup that are free agents oh boy.
0: yikes that didn't really dawn on me until just now I you know that's tough We'll see okay. what our
2: lovely general manager does. In the well, wait, season, wait,
0: I eh? got, I, I think I got the soundbite <laughs> for what, what Blue Jays fans might be feeling, knowing that their team is, as um, Christian so eloquently put it, fucked. Nailed it. Here we are. Oh wow. That's tough. That was pretty tough. Oh, boy. There we go. Well, it couldn't have happened at a better time. Oh, my. Not great. Not great, Bob. Who do you want to see in the All-Star game?
1: I don't give a shit about the All-Star game to be honest. So, Come on. that's not a question. It can for me. be fun. No, the All-Star game's stupid. It's dumb. Like it's just whatever. Okay. It's a f- especially the fan vote part.
0: Who do you want to see in the Home Run Derby? Okay. That's Actually, the only I thing I watch, watch. I will answer your question. The one
1: guy I want to see is Kevin Kiermaier because he's never been an All-Star and he's having a good enough season to deserve it. And so I want I would like to see Kevin Kiermaier in the All-Star game if we're talking strictly Jays. Sure.
0: Any J you want to see?
2: Uh, I think all three of them are going to be in it.
0: Sure, but is there...
2: In the home run derby? I'll say the home run derby. Um, I would like to get a glimpse of Ellie De La Cruz in Ooh. the home run derby.
0: Is he eligible? Is anybody
2: eligible? I don't, I don't know. Any, anybody can be in it. Anybody rugby. who's played in Major League Baseball. Yeah. I want to see the rookies pop.
0: Ellie De La Cruz would be interesting. I think the MLB would ever adopt a... I want to see Shohan Rookie derby, you know, all, only rookies. And there's, there's not more enough guys like that want veteran. to do it. There's not yeah. not enough, They can barely get eight guys to do the regular one. Mookie's already committed. Has Mookie's he? doing it. Yeah, Mookie Pets says that he wants the home run derby this year.
2: I <laughs> bet you Pete Alonzo is going to want it too.
1: Yeah, what, he's going to do and tire himself it, out? That guy's, thinks, dude, that guy's the, the biggest poser like, in baseball, man. He thinks it's like Whoa. some big deal to win it. No, that guy's the, that guy's the I agree. biggest poser, man. I agree with you. Guy literally at the home run derby, what was it last he was bragging year? about it? Two years ago? Yeah. He went, dude, he went under the tunnel and he was like doing these like deadlifts in between his set because the camera was there. Like, yep. yeah. And then he went out there and he couldn't hit homers anymore because he was so tired. Like, dude, go away. Bruh.
0: <laughs> Surprised you with that one. Dude, you know who hates Pete Alonso? Padres says- fans.
1: Padres fans hate Pete Alonso. Well, I.
0: Couldn't really care about Padres fans.
1: The funniest thing that happened was back when Pete Alonso won Rookie of the Year. At the start of the year, the other guy that was in contention was Chris Paddock of the Padres. And the Mets were in San Diego, and Paddock struck out Pete Alonso twice, and Padres fans were just having a field day. And with
2: from, Pete, and Pete got there, the last laugh. From slapped. there, he's been on the IL. Chris Paddock.
1: Chris Paddock. Well, he's been <laughs> bad, and then he went to the IL. Yeah.
0: Shouts to Seth Lugo, who made a return for the Padres and made his way onto my fantasy team. I
2: did say that. You're welcome.
0: Oh, did you drop him?
2: Oh, yeah. That's The tough. guy was out for a no, month he and was half. a
0: while. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um,
2: How did he do in his first outing?
0: Great. Good. Um, it was fine. five strikeouts, five innings. He probably could have gotten the quality start, but they didn't want to overdo it. I'm a little bit ticked off when that happens. I understand you're coming back from the IL, but if you can do it, Do it. Do it. I don't (laughs) understand why we have to baby guys now anyway. Moving on now to some hockey talk. There's not a whole lot happening in the NHL, but there were some reports that came out about the Maple Leafs that we wanted to run by our audience, one of which Sheldon Keefe will be returning as the bench boss of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Next season, Yanni, you kind of let out a groan and a sigh at the same time. Not a big Keefe guy.
2: No. Um, I think in the regular season, this team is bound to make the playoffs with who they have on the roster. Um, But once you make it to that first round, he is always outcoached in every single year that he has been the bench boss.
0: He outcoaches himself.
2: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean you faced John Cooper twice um, and who else did they did they have Montreal who was Montreal was it Claude on Cooper, Julian though. was it Claude Julian he's a Stanley Cup winning coach in Montreal but I think that was the year Dominic Ducharme came in so John Cooper yes most likely will be a Hall of Fame coach he's the best coach in the NHL he is I the think. best coach in the NHL but Hammer Cassidy but st- I like even against Florida Paul Maurice is a good coach but you, you still don't know how to line match and Five years of playoff hockey.
1: Paul Maurice. But was that But was that really like okay? I'm the only one that's willing to die on this. Hang on, hang on one second.
2: And you're also fucking with your lines in the playoffs. Play with them in the regular season.
0: That's what I'm getting at by and
2: solidify them by the time mid-April comes.
0: That's what frustrated me. We will get to that in a second, Christian. That's what frustrated the hell out of me with the Leafs leading up to the playoffs was they were screwing around way too much with yeah. 11 forwards, seven
2: 70... Yeah. 11-7, 11-7 for like 7. the last three weeks of the season or something? Back and forth, back yeah. and forth,
0: back and forth. And don't get me wrong. Your experiments of guys like Eric Gustafson scored you playoff goals. Cool. Yeah, great. Your experiment of 7-11 worked. But as great of a convenience that 7-11 is... Did you like that transition? I don't know where you're going with this. So. The convenience great store? Oh, convenient- oh, oh! That went right over my head.
2: Oh! Neck. I'm sorry. Bruh. That's because he's about to go on a rant about this lovely hockey team. We no, care
0: for. actually no. It's convenient for them to have 11-7? I'm seven? actually going to support this hockey team for once. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Yeah. You are going to die on this hill. I am going to die but on this hill. But at the end of the day, I think Keith has effectively coached his way out of Toronto. And I would not be surprised if uh, two months into the season? I honestly think
2: Tree Living's going to give him the full year.
0: I think if there's a little bit of a scuffle down the road and he thinks that the disconnect between coach and player could be there, because at the end of the day, it also just kind of looks like, and I understand that Matthews will die on his own hill about Keefe, but body language from an outsider's perspective... This guy hates playing for Keith in the playoffs. I don't think that's true. Uh, I don't. Think I, I just think
2: Matthews is just a very composed individual and doesn't show much emotion. I,
0: I don't think, think his body language says a lot, especially his face. And I don't think the players love
1: playing for Keith. I don't think they hate playing for Keith. I think it's just that, like he's, he's their coach. You know,
0: like he's... I would hate playing for Keith at this point in my tenure in but Toronto. why? Because they don't win. Because of a no, lack okay. of success. Allow me.
1: Allow me to. Give you a different perspective, right? Okay, the hill you were going to die on. <laughs> no, 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 that's a different hill.
0: Oh God, okay. how many that hills hill, do you hold on.
1: occupy? Okay, let me talk. So, first let I, me talk. So,
0: it's my turn. Let me get a uh, <laughs> Kevin De Bruyne soundbite. <laughs> no, talk. give me the give me the Skip Bayless. It's my turn. <laughs> okay, noted. Yeah, writing gotta, down some lists of sound bites. We got it. We
1: got to get that one. Continue. Um, no, that hill was that. Keith actually didn't do that bad of a job coming up with adjustments against Florida. It's just. There was no adjustment you can make to be Pabrovsky in that particular series. Bobrovsky. Ask, we all think Rob Brindamore is a great coach, I would assume. Yes, yes, we yes. Think, we think he's a good coach, right? They got swept by Florida. So, like, that's, hold on. Anyway, I'm not going to stay on that because we don't need to talk about that. That happened over a month ago. Um, I'm actually intrigued to find out what Keefe looks like this year. And here's why who is no longer there? to interfere or hold his hand. His best friend in the world, Kyle Dubas.
0: They are best friends.
1: They are best friends. You know that because they're Sue guys, right?
0: Shout out Sioux St. Marie.
1: Yep. <laughs> Shout out Sioux St. Marie. Um, and as we saw in the Amazon documentary, Keith ha- or, sorry, Dubas has input on the lineup, right? Like they brainstorm and talk together, and it looks like Keith, Obviously, does back down often because that's his boss and also his buddy. So he doesn't want to piss him off, so to speak. Right? So why wouldn't on, and hold Shanahan hold on, hold step have to say something? Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me You're finish. You're not allowed on the hill. Let me finish. Yep, this <laughs> is my hill. King of the castle. King of the. Ca- <laughs> um, so fuck. I forget what I was talking about. Um, he's okay. not going to hurt okay. his buddy's feelings. Now, he's on an island. Right now, he's going to have to sink. Or he's gonna, or he's gonna swim, you know. And I think tree living is going to allow him to do his thing, which Keith hasn't been allowed to do since his last year with the Marlies, which was the only season of his career where he's been a head coach and Dubis wasn't his general manager in his life. Right. So, with that being said, I'm actually interested to find out because people talk about oh, like the Leafs are soft or. Whatever, right? It's like, if you look at who Sheldon Keith was, A, as a player, right? Sheldon Keith was a tough son of a bitch, yeah. right? Like, he didn't take shit from anybody. And he, if you remember, called out the big guys
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the road trip last year and then walked it back. Do you really think Keefe wanted to walk those comments back? I don't. I think Dubas told him to walk those comments back. Do you back.
2: think Dubas would have said walk those back? I
1: think Dubas said, hey, we don't want to piss these guys off because we have contract negotiations coming up. Blah, 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 right? And said, hey, we don't want to hurt these guys' feelings, blah, blah, blah. Here's the other thing. It's easier for Dubas to do that because Keefe is in the room and he knows what he's seeing. And if Keefe says them in the first place, what? You think that he didn't mean it? No, he 100% meant it. You think right?
2: Dubas played innocent and then sneaked his way into a job in Pittsburgh?
1: Yeah. Oh. Like, dude, Dubas is a politician. If there's anything we've <laughs> learned, is that Dubis is basically a politician. He could be, yeah. And so... Like, I don't I don't trust anything that comes out of his mouth anymore. Uh, he's lost that privilege, at least for me. But getting back to Keith. True do I think it's a smart idea to sign Keith to an extension? No. Because we don't know what he looks like when he's on his own. But I think True Living is going to allow him to do his thing. Mm-hmm. He's going to allow him to coach the team the way that he wants to coach the team. Also, he's not going to have Dubas in his ear going... Play Justin Hole, play Justin Hole, play Justin Hole, play Justin Hole. Put Alex Kerfoot at two left wing. Put Alex Kerfoot on the top wing. Like According he's not to my have, analytics. Yeah, he's not gonna he's not gonna have Dubas to do that. And Keith seems like much more of a hockey guy versus an analytics guy, at least to me. Right. Yes. And so I think he not having that guy in his ear to tell him, Hey, the numbers tell us to do this or the numbers tell us to do that is gonna allow Keith to just play off a of field. And I think Keith is a smart coach and he's like he's a he's He's a smart coach, and clearly he knows what he's doing in the regular season, right? So I I actually think that it's not a bad idea to bring him back. I don't think it's a good idea to sign him to an extension until we see what he looks like. But I don't think it's that – I don't think it's dire straits that he's coming back.
2: Yeah. I mean, I just don't see it in the, in the playoffs. My side of it is he hasn't succeeded in the playoffs, and that's why I don't. I don't stand by it really.
1: But the entire organization wears that. I, 100%. And Mike Babcock didn't succeed in the playoffs 100%. either,
2: right? So this goes back to the
1: John Schneider thing that we were talking about. Is it the coach or is it the group, right? And so I think that it's going to be interesting to see what Sheldon Keith looks like again without his safety blanket in Kyle Dubas.
0: It'll be um, a learning curve, maybe. Maybe he'll be fine. Maybe we won't be having these conversations because the Leafs go on this incredible run to start the season.
1: Well, I'll tell you exactly what's going to (laughs) happen. Tell me. Please. Sure. Enlighten us.
0: Sure, Zoltan. From the top of the hill. Sure, Zoltan. Tell me. It's the same shit that happens every year
1: when the season starts. Right. They start off slow. Yep. Right? We get to a month in the season. Sky is falling. Sky is falling. Fire Sheldon Keefe. Fire Sheldon Sheldon Keefe. Keefe. Fire Sheldon Keefe. November, they go on a heater. December, they go on a heater. End up as a two-seed. Maybe the one seed, maybe the three seed, who knows. But they're just going to go on an absolute heater after that. So expect the season to get off to a tough start. This team never plays well enough. And they're
2: still going to finish second or third because the fucking Florida Panthers are going to finish first. Nah, on.
1: bro. It's going to be the Ottawa Senators <laughs> for no reason. Watch. <laughs> I was going to say Ottawa. Dang. It's going to be some team that... It's going to be Andrew Stewart's beloved Montreal Canadiens. It's
2: going to be Andrew's cousin, Jimmy Stutzla. I found
0: okay. it. I found it. I found it. This is what, this is what we will be playing if the Montreal Canadiens make the playoffs. Oh, the playoffs. Okay. That's an accomplishment.
2: Oh. oh, man, it did it again. Oh, no. Can we make the title of this episode sound effects? I found it. That's, That's the nice. sound I would also make if Ryan O'Reilly is brought back to the lineup.
0: What do you think about that? You think they bring back Ryan O'Reilly?
2: Uh, I think they should on, like, a th- three-year deal or so. Um, I think they will. But... I didn't like that they played him and Tavares together because neither of them can skate. Okay. So.
0: They're not telling. uh, As a. You're not telling anybody anything that they don't already know. Exactly.
2: As a third line center, I would 100% want him back. He's a cup champion. He has the experience. He's a former captain. He was a huge part in the Tampa series. So, I think it's like a three year deal in the four ish million range.
0: Okay. Is that your ideal contract for him? Yeah. Yeah.
1: Didn't Christian. wasn't there like an article or something that came out today talking about how much of a disaster it would be if they brought back Ryan O'Reilly or something like that? I don't know. I think understand. it was like I Leaf. don't get how that would be a disaster. I think it I was like, I think it was Leaf and editor or something like editor that. Editor and Leaf, something. yeah, that's right here. Or editor and Leaf. Yeah, yeah. I didn't read the article, but I saw that it was posted because like I didn't read it because a like I don't think your team gets worse by adding Ryan O'Reilly. Not at all. No. Um, my question would be, how old is thirty two? He's thirty two. Yeah. See, like. I have this impression of Ryan O'Reilly like he's 38 years old, but he's not. Uh, I I don't know if it's wise to go out and sign Ryan O'Reilly to market value, considering what people are going to be willing to pay him. I think if Ryan O'Reilly wants to come back and is willing to take maybe a little bit less, then that'd be great. But I don't think this is necessarily an offseason to go and chase that number because – Remember, you're also paying for the name value yep. in O'Reilly. Uh the problem with that too is are you really gonna sign a guy to play three C when you don't even know who's playing your second line center next year? Right? Like I think you figure that out first. The name that I actually you know you know what kind of a deal I would like to see? And it came out today that Hannafin and Elias yeah. Lindholm are playing. No, not Han- resign.
2: Han- Hannafin for sure. I would love Elias Lindholm. Elias Lindholm, yeah. I don't, Han- I don't know how you make that deal work. Hannafin, for sure, is not re-signing, but Lindholm and Backlund as well,
0: Michael Backlund,
2: are undecided on it. Elias- Shout-outs Calgary, if you live in Calgary.
0: We st- no. How I does Calgary, Calgary keep making this podcast? I still
1: hate Calgary. I don't know why. I, how did I go from Calgary's <laughs> not that bad to I hate Calgary? I don't know. Well, that's Calgary, sweet. I hate you, but if if the, if you want to hand us over a Elias Lindholm, I will
2: I will follow him He's a, He is a good player. Really yeah, good in the cool. circle, too. Um... And offensive. then you can move
1: Tavares to, to the wing and whatever, right? Uh, I don't know. That's the other thing too, though, right? Is I think the Leafs have to get faster. Like, I don't think they have to get slower. And adding Ryan O'Reilly, it he's not a fast dude.
0: so It makes you slower.
1: <laughs> it makes you slower, right? So I think that they need to, like, prioritize speed because that's, in my opinion, like, that's the one thing on the – ice outside of goalie that I saw a significant difference between Florida and Toronto. That's where the was, game is trending. Florida was just faster. Yeah. You know, and, and Toronto couldn't keep up. It's why I think Toronto actually would have beat Boston because the style match was a lot better. Um but I digress. Um okay. yeah, I think they have to get faster. I don't I don't know if O'Reilly's necessarily the answer on that.
0: I think there are three reasons why the Maple Leafs should bring back Ryan O'Reilly. And they might not be the most extravagant reasons. But three for me, Faceoffs, Winning face-offs is easily one of the most... He's a top three guy in the league in that category. Correct. Yeah. And his ability to win the face-off in any zone matters. mm mm-hmm. um, And his ability to do it in key moments in games, i.e., like you were saying, Christian, like the Tampa series... It's important. Yep. His two-way play is something that I think Austin Matthews benefited from later in the season where he wasn't having to do all the defensive work that he was earlier in the year required to do. And O'Reilly's defensive contribution significantly impacted his team's success this year. Finally and I think this one is the most important one for a team that lacks playoff success, is his playoff performance. He shows time and time again his ability to elevate his teams in the playoffs, whether it's with St. Louis or with the Maple Leafs this past year. And his playoff experience and ability to perform under pressure is what makes him the vital asset. It's not that you can go out and play hockey in June. I don't care. It's that actually you do want to be able to play hockey in June, but you want to be. I think even January. Well, no, I'm saying no, no, I'm saying that like you can be. No, 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 you're you're right because the June is the Cup final. June is the Cup final, and you want to to be. be, well. (laughs) Well, you want to be playing well there, and you want to be demonstrating that you can play under pressure, but. I guess it's I the just, opposite of the
1: Marner thing, right? It's like Marner, like you know, you're so great in January, February, but hey, you mind showing up in May and June, you know?
0: You're right. Um, at the end of the day, O'Reilly's probably one of the more important players on the Leafs. That goes without saying. Um, as my, I think I mentioned him before. As my good friend Nick Dunham would say, you know, he's also got good off-season or sorry, off-ice contributions. So he's just a good guy, you know. Um, good dude. Good dude. Vic Carapaza. MLB umpire, yep. good guy, does a lot of charity work. In case you didn't know that, I learned that from a lady sitting in section 5-something a couple seasons ago. She would not shut the hell up about Vic Carapaza and how great of a dude he was because he did charity work. This guy is one of the three blind mice of umpiring.
1: He does, he does do a lot of cherry to work. He handed Texas a playoff win in 2015, and he handed the Cleveland Indians, when they were the Indians, a win on Canada Day in 2016,
0: when he ejected, <coughs> ejected Everton Inconnacion. You Sorry. it. Nope. Anyway, back to the Leafs. Anyway, um, I digress. Coming up in the NHL is a very important day. One that sets the future for many teams... One that can be a, I guess, organizational boom or organizational doom. You like that one? Boy, of boy, course, boy, 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 boy. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm talking about the NHL draft. The NHL draft is coming up next week, Wednesday. How are we feeling? Leading, Not necessarily Toronto. They don't have any. What are no. what are what are draft picks?
1: Hey man, that twenty eighth overall pick that's gonna be something. Jeez, that's gonna be uh,
2: Matt Vembeichkov.
0: The top five have <laughs> we'll been five years. Di- the top five have been discussed openly mm-hmm. amongst NHL insiders and podcasts like ours because outside of number one and number two, I would say outside of your first two picks this year isn't a definite 3-4-5.
2: I would even argue that number two is up in the air with Leo Carlson and Adam Fantilli.
0: You think that there's a possibility that Leo Carlson... Mm
2: -hmm. I think it's slim. I think it's a possibility, though. Why? Elliot Friedman and Jeff Merrick follow this a lot on their podcast, and they love... Leo Carlson, and the possible future Columbus Blue Jacket that he may be. And how he can carry this organization for years to come. But what if Anaheim picks him at second?
0: That's that's your reason?
2: No. That's just the kind of player he is, as a franchise player. Is what he's been making out to be. It would be... It's hard to judge prospects,
0: so... I think it would be incredibly foolish for the Anaheim Ducks to turn their nose.
1: It would be beyond stupid. And mm-hmm. Adam
0: Fantilli. Adam
1: Fantilli. I don't know. He played, Would go number 1 in men's. a lot of drafts.
0: If Connor Bedard wasn't in this draft, Adam Fantilli's the easy number You said number he played one. men's? You know Adam Leo Fantilli. played men's. Adam Fantilli is
1: one of the best players in the World Hockey Championship playing against men. True. So like And I know it's the World Hockey Championship, nobody really cares, (laughs) right? But there are NHL players in the World Hockey Championship, whereas Leo Carlson would not have been playing against
0: NHL players. And say what you will about the NCAA, but Michigan is uh, no easy place to play. And the teams they play against ain't easy either. I like that English, ain't easy.
1: And Fantilli, didn't he just win... um, Hobie Baker. Hobie Baker? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's the best player in college hockey, and that includes, you know all the dudes in Minnesota that were studs this year. You know, who's the one dude? Logan Cooley?
2: Yeah. Mm-hmm. He will go at 2. I didn't say he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I said I just There's a possibility a slim chance that.
0: So if we're looking at in a perfect world, my perfect world, you have Connor Bedard at 1 mm-hmm. and Fentilia at 2. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, in your perfect world, Bedard falls to 5 for no reason.
0: <laughs> well, actually, my theory leading up to this was that Gary Bettman was actually not going to allow a team like the Blackhawks or the Coyotes to get a player like Bedard and I thought that Gary Bettman was going to pull the ultimate heel move and announce that the only team suitable for Bedard would be the Montreal Canadiens because of the market and that he would end he would event we would have ended up with the first overall pick by some grace of god like when was it what? What year was it when Edmonton took the first over? Nobody was expecting them to win it. Which one? they have five.
2: Well, no, they did the three. <laughs> one of the three in a row. I don't
0: think they were. Ex- nobody was expecting. Uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, they, they had like the sixth I odds or something or fifth odds. Right. So did we. It. So yep.
0: and we. I mean, I'm part of the Montreal Canadiens. Right, so your so. conspiracy theory. Listen, I know you're a
1: WWE fan, oh, but your conspiracy I'm... theory is screaming Vince McMahon right now. Oh,
0: with the mustache, <laughs> mustache Vince. Has entered the chat. What do we think about Matvey Mitchkov? Do we think that he is the solidified number three? Or, in I suppose Yanni's case, you're thinking that if <laughs> Carlson were to slip, it's to number three only?
2: There's a lot of talk on him right now, and I believe he signed an extension to remain in the KHL. Mitchkov? Yeah. yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so he won't be eligible, I think, for at least three years. Correct. Right?
0: 2026 is when his deal ends. Yeah,
2: so it's similar to Kirill Kaprizov.
0: Or since he has similar. a deal until 2026. So yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, leading so 20, up to that
2: season. The 26-27 season. Yes. Right? Um. Uh, there's a lot of theories saying that he may drop to eight at Washington. They are Russian heavy. So if you want to look at it from that way,
0: The sure. next ov Ovi, the Ovi passes the torch. ov passing the torch to Matve? Um After
1: getting picked at number eight? I, after Ovi were number eight?
0: Do you guys Yo. believe in... Oh. You want to talk about conspiracy theories? That would be one. one. That would be crazy.
2: Do you guys believe in drafting for position or for best player?
1: In the NHL,
0: I would say best player. Best player? Whew. That's a tough question because as a Montreal Canadiens fan... <laughs> I have been on both sides of the coin where we took a guy in Jesperi Cockney Emmy, and I looked at everyone who was with me that day in and shock. I said, who?
2: Yeah. Re- I
0: think the whole hockey universe said that. And then, without any disrespect, we did the same fucking thing last season
2: who with Slavkovsky. Who, would you, who would you have taken
1: Shane last Wright? season?
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know who looks like they're going to be the best player in the draft is Logan Cooley.
2: I think so. Oh, I agree. That's what I had said when Arizona took him. I, I agree. like I that agree was my that thing too. was like,
1: if you're not going to nope. take Shane Wright, why would you take the other center? Nobody even why projected.
2: No one even projected Cooley to be first overall.
0: But nobody projected Slavkovsky to be first overall. Yeah, they did.
1: Until until like a week before. It was like a week
0: before when the first report came out that they were like, ooh, this Slavkovsky kid could go number one. And I'm sitting there again going, who? Why? Why are we doing this to ourselves? In a season, oh, I'm getting upset. In a season where they should not have tanked, they missed their year to tank. It was this year. They did not do it. Yeah. They over tanked last year
2: yeah last year was not a heavy awful. draft at anyway, all this I is going to be a pretty stock draft
0: so this season you're you're looking at a pretty like you said a pretty stacked class yeah we can't forget guys like will smith
2: ryan leonard
0: zach benson yeah what about david reinbacher what do you think of him defenseman I know nothing.
2: I know nothing about 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 him.
0: not many people had him go in the first round, but I think this guy could be uh, a bit of a sleeper pick. He's projected eight, but with the addition of Rasmus Sandin, I don't think Washington looks at a defender. Now, this goes back to your point of do you draft the best player or do you draft the best position? And I think ultimately, here's a shitty answer, it does come down to the situation that the respected team is in. Mm -hmm. I am more of a, you draft the best available player because you can't turn your nose at talent, and especially generational talent. And I think now we've entered a world where good players are generational talents. Instead of just, oh, they're a good player, you still have the likes of Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, and now Connor Bedard, who have set themselves apart. But if you're in the top, I mean, granted, if you're getting drafted to the NHL, you're a very talented player. But if you're in the top 10, you do have that potential of being, like you say, that, that generational talent for that club, mm-hmm. for that team. Christian, you said, oh, at one point.
1: Yeah. Um, this is unrelated to what we're talking about, but it Unreal. is about hockey. Okay. Okay. So you remember how we were talking about Calgary? We're going to talk about Calgary again. Oh no. So Toffoli. Noah Hannafin yeah. won't resign. Yeah. Eliza Lindholm expected not to resign. Mm-hmm. And now the Calgary Flames have made Tyler Toffoli available for trade Yeah. because he is planning not to resign in Calgary.
2: And Jonathan Huberdeau just resigned a year ago.
0: Holy crap, that guy's going to be left on an island by himself. Yep.
1: They're probably yeah. the most interesting team to watch. And okay, Winnipeg. so where
0: does Tyler Toffoli land?
1: Wow, you're really putting us on the spot, eh? I love it. You just learned about this.
0: Where would you put a guy like Tyler Toffoli? The Leafs everything's about the Leafs. Okay, I can respect that. I put you on the spot. The easy answer oh, is You, you know, like, know what so I
2: heard? Tiffoli. You know what I was listening I was listening to 32 Thoughts yesterday morning. Okay. And they were talking about the upcoming free agency next week or week and a half. And Vladimir Tarasenko was brought up. Mm-hmm. Right after Connor Bedard was mentioned going first overall to Chicago, Elliot's point was he could see Tarasenko signing in Chicago to be that finisher for Bedard.
0: That would be crazy.
2: So I'm gonna I'm gonna say Chicago for Tyler Toffoli. Interesting. To get the kid some scoring help, and to boost his numbers right away. And
0: Chicago does have a ton of assets yeah. to be able to deal. Yeah. I think because I'm selfish, <laughs> but I think he makes a return. To the teapot makes a return to Montreal. The
2: teapot. Maybe he goes back to
0: LA. Hey, they're hey. in a good spot right now. I That'd know. Be a fun place. They have to play. assets too. Yep.
1: The only thing about Chicago is, do you want to trade for a guy who's got one year left when you are clearly not one year away? Like, they
2: have to hit the cap floor, though.
1: Like yes, but why are you giving? You can do that by just signing sure. a shitty contract. For sure, you know, like
0: which we see all the time.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look at the Coyotes.
0: Is there anybody before we move on from the draft that might surprise you? Maybe moves in from like the twenty spot into a top ten spot, I like don't a Quentin think so. Musty.
2: Unless Winnipeg makes an early, early, early trade on one of their big guys. I don't think so.
0: Fair. Otto Stenberg. Awesome hockey name. I'm going to go back Stenberg. to this to this
2: David Reinbacher point you had. Yeah. He's the top-ranked defenseman right now. Correct. You know who, or the scenario. You know what scenario it has been compared to if he is taken early? What's that? Moritz Sider taken sixth to Detroit because that was also a shock.
0: Not a bad move,
2: right? Because Eiserman doesn't give a shit. He just, he'll do what he wants.
0: Moritz Sider is pretty good defenseman. Yeah, I would say so. Pretty so. big boy. Pretty big name in Detroit.
2: That's kind of what the scenario reminds me of. If you're going to draft for position, and he's in the top five right now,
0: I think if I'm going to make a prediction, you will see, um, you will see Reinbacher, David. Re- Re- Reinbacher, yeah. Reinbacher. Rein- you will see David in the top five mm-hmm. on draft day. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's not a bold prediction, but it's a prediction nonetheless. Look for him, top five, no matter what. We shift now into our final segment, which, ho ho, if you have been listening, I do have a soundbite for... Wait, did I miss something? No. no? No, Excellent. I just wanted to make sure that I didn't miss a point because I have so many tabs open right now. It gets a little crazy over here. Anyway, we are moving on to our pigeon of the week. <laughs> you like that? Just a little quick cool. We should dubstep
1: that and like come up with like a whole like song. Not like a whole song, but like a little
0: snippet. You guys have heard of Fiverr. Of what? fiverr no no you've never heard of fiverr no this is not an ad fiverr (laughs) coolest website you go on there you can pay people a minimum of five dollars and then upwards to do your work or to do assignments or to create you things or whatever i'm sure you could fiverr somebody to make pigeon dubstep if
1: somebody wants to sponsor this podcast and give us five dollars we'll we'll put your name in the next episode so we can get that done or anybody wants to sponsor the pigeon of the week, that'd be that'd be cool too.
0: Dang, I could see it now. Nope. This week's pigeon of the week sponsored by DraftKings. I'm no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would be crazy. No. Who have we brought in as this week's pigeon of the week? I don't have one this week. You don't. I, I don't. You may not. but I know we but have some one. options. Do you want to give me? I'll give you one. One? I'll give you one. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to
1: give you a group of people, and then I'm going to boil it down to one person.
0: Ooh, like we're playing... Uh, what's that board game? Clue? Or no, the one where you flip the heads guess down. Who? You, guess who? That was the easiest name for a game that I could not remember. What do you, what do you call a group of pigeons? A flock? A group? A stable? Of pigeons. A stable of
1: pigeons. Doesn't sound right.
0: A group of pigeons is known as a flock. A flock of pigeons, alright. Commonly, a collective of pigeons will have the common term flock thrust upon them. It says A to Z animals dot com. Thank you for the... Shout out A to Z animals dot com. And for the um, very inappropriate way to tell me that they are called flocks. (laughs) Thrusting that upon me. Disgusting. (laughs) Uh, in, this is a family In show. the case of pigeons, though, the collective term is flock. However, uh, there there could be other names like group or...
1: We'll go with flock. You know. Flock can, of pigeon sounds right.
2: Give me your bird of the week.
1: I'm going to give... Okay, stop yelling at me. <laughs> I'm. G- <laughs> give me your flocking bird of the week. Okay. <laughs> give me the flock. I will give you the flock of pigeons first. MLB umpires. Oof. That's my first. That that's my first one. But
0: just in general, the do you have a specific one? Well, I mean, Ramon De Angel De Jesus, Hernandez every week.
1: Well, yeah, but Ramon DeJesus <laughs> is a fucking idiot. This guy tossed three guys at the same time for basically nothing. Yeah, he's anyway. Um, but I'm going to take this a step up from there, and say the pigeon of the week is the guy who employs all of these umpires, and that guy is Rob Manfred. Two reasons. Number one. He came out this week in a article, and it was reported that Rob Manfred said, yeah, if I could go back, I probably wouldn't have given those Houston Astros players immunity. No fucking shit, dude. Like, yeah, that ruined the whole thing. Like, it was it was so dumb that he did that because he just wanted to get the info. But it's like, what's the point of getting the info if you can't punish anybody for it? Like, that's, that's literally the whole point of this investigation is, okay, Who's at fault? Who are we going to punish? And instead, he punishes the general manager who isn't even on the field. So...
0: This man has easily become the single-handed... Like, he has single-handedly become the epitome of everything that's wrong with baseball. It's like, it's not
1: even... It's not even... You can say what you want about what he's done with the actual game itself, but I've never seen a lawyer who puts his foot in his mouth as much as Rob Manfred. And I'm not even just saying commissioner. Have you ever seen a lawyer who doesn't ever know what, like who always says the wrong thing? Never. Lawyers are so calculated with their words because they understand that anything can be used against them. This guy has called the championship trophy a piece of metal. He now has come back and said, oh, I wish we had done this. Um, Like, there, there are so many examples of Rob Manfred's um, just inability to talk. Like whoever's PR guy should just say never speak to the media again for the rest of your life.
0: Well, you called it like he said when he called it a piece of metal. Like for me, that just screams a blatant lack of respect for the tradition that is baseball. Forget like, that. You just
1: if you think it's a piece of metal, what is anyone else supposed to think of your championship trophy?
0: Like that's a good point.
1: You know, like why, why should anyone care about a piece of metal? So you don't care if. So you don't care about this trophy, so then you also, by extension of that, don't care whether guys try to win it. Like, Correct. Isn't that the whole point of sports, is to try to win the piece of metal? Well, yes. Right? Yes. So, like, it's it's
0: supposed to mean something. Correct.
1: Right? Like, in the NBA, you got Larry O.B. In the NHL, you got uh, the Stanley Cup. Uh, you in... had to think
0: about that one for a while because you're a Leafs fan.
1: I'm going to let that one slide. Anyway. Right going down that to- hill
0: you're standing on? Bruh.
1: I'm really upset because I there's there's nothing I can say back to that. But that's, that's one reason that Rob Manfred's the, the Pitching of the Week. Second one being recently we have seen a uptick in terrible catcher's interference calls. And what does this boil down to? It's not the umpires on the field. Because the umpires on the field are calling the play as they see it. It's they're going to replay and overturning these calls... We put this rule in three years ago. We still have no idea what the fuck it means. I thought we figured it out. It seemed like everyone had a handle on it. It was like the only time we're going to call this is if it's egregious. And now it's like, okay, you're not even allowed to stand on the plate with the ball. You're not allowed to go into the line and go and get the ball if it's thrown there. Like, what are, like, I, it's just, again, baseball has done such a good job this year of making the sport more fun to watch. We have these rookies coming up like Ellie Dela Cruz, fun player. The pitch clock has made the game 10 times more enjoyable to watch. The shift the, the shift ban has had a positive impact. Um, you know, the pickoff rule, lots more stolen bases. They've done everything right, and yet they still can't get out of their own way because we don't know what the rules are.
0: At the end of the day, Rob Manfred's tenure as commissioner will be remembered as blank. Christian, fill in that blank.
1: A disaster, just like, like just an unorganized mess. Like that's basically what it's going to be. Like, I don't know if we're going to look back on it on what he's done on the field with fondness, or with like with disdain. One or the other. We might look back on it and say these rule changes are the greatest thing anyone's ever done to baseball. Therefore, Rob Manfred's a great commissioner. But we're going to look at him and be like, dude, you're just like. Like, e- either you have the worst PR team in the world, or you're just not very intelligent in front of a microphone, right? So, like, we're just going to look at it as an unorganized mess, because nobody nobody knows what the fuck's going on in baseball, ever.
0: Rob Manfred's tenure as MLB commissioner will be remembered as blank. Yanni.
2: I don't pay attention to Rob Manfred. I agree with everything you just said.
0: I love that. <laughs> Easiest answer ever. For me, in the end, Rob Manfred's tenure as commissioner is going to be remembered because you could have a monkey up there. The rules in baseball were going to change no matter who was there. So poor decision-making, disrespect for tradition, and maybe I'm just a purist, so disrespect for tradition for me, Um, but also just a complete disregard for fans. I think this guy is completely out of touch with his fan base because he doesn't actually ask or care. About what we want to see? Granted, people wanted to see shorter games. We got that. People want to see some more offense. I will give them credit We for are that. getting... Yeah, sure. Right? Like, you have to give some credit. I, I do think you could have had a monkey up there and the rules were going to change regardless. You might have just had to teach the monkey how to sign his name next to the rules getting changed. Manfred has proven time and time again that, for me, he may not be the right man for the job but he is a man who can do the job i think that's clear and maybe it's time for a change for the sake of baseball's future and for the millions of fans like us that support it but the only guy that i would want to see replace him is joey Votto. <laughs> i think joey Votto would be the coolest Let him be a
1: player commissioner
0: that would be wild. We saw Russell Martin be a player manager for the Blue Jays.
1: Yeah, but can you run a team if you're running a team or run a league if you're running a team?
0: Like is probably that, not. You probably can't do both. There's no. probably conflict of interest involved. Anyway, that uh,
1: I got I got one last thing before we go. Manfred. Um no, in terms of just baseball, this is completely off topic, okay? Uh, this is going to be outdated by the time that I by the time that this goes up, but tonight for anyone who's a baseball fan, remember the names. Paul Skeens and Rhett Lauder, okay? No, I'm serious for a second.
2: This guy's okay. going College World Series right now.
1: Tonight, Wake Forest <laughs> plays LSU for the call to for a berth in the College World Series final. It's a winner-take-all. It's essentially a game seven. And you've got the two best pitchers in college baseball and possibly the top two guys to go in the draft or at least the top two pitchers to go in the draft. Paul Skeen's average fastball is 99.7. Rhett Lauder is 95 Tops at 97 with a plus-plus changeup. These two guys are going to be names that you hear in the big leagues within the next three seasons, schemes you might see by the end of the year in the show. Um, So you might not be able to go and catch the game by the time this goes up because the game might already be over. But do yourself a favor and remember those two names. And if you can, go to YouTube, go look them up. Absolutely incredible talents. One of the greatest college baseball matchups we've ever seen is going on tonight. Wow.
2: (laughs) Brought to you by the
0: NCAA, apparently. That was crazy. Well, on that note, geez. Vince McMahon, if you're
1: listening and you need need someone to be a manager in WWE, I cut a pretty good promo. He sold it.
0: You might give Jim Cornette a run for his money. Ladies and gentlemen, we have wrapped another episode of the TBH Podcast. Another one. We might scrap that, but... I dig it. I hated it. (laughs) But hey, A for effort. That's why there are three of us. A for effort. You don't get the deciding vote. Yeah, you're right. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Andrew Stewart, joined, of course, by my awesome co-hosts, Chris Lazar, Yanni Economopoulos. Until next time, ciao forno.
1: You love that line, eh? A summertime time is maybe good, summertime time is maybe shit. <laughs>